Last year's words belong to last year's language, and next year's words await another voice, and to make an end is to make a beginning. This is Walking Your Talk, a personal development podcast about leadership, authenticity and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor, and I've spent my life working with leaders in organizations on how to change their culture. But this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks your talk at work and beyond, then this podcast is for you. That's T.S. Eliot. And it represents, I think, for me, the ends and the beginnings of a lot of things that I want to talk about in these next episodes with you. Welcome. Welcome back. I took a little break, for those of you who listen every week, because I finished 50 episodes where I had followed a series and a number of series which related to some specific topics that I'd been hearing from clients about the cultures that they were trying to build and how you could go about helping. As I start the second year of Walking Your Talk, I want to be a bit more experimental in some of the themes that I take. And I wanted to start by covering the most topical subject that's going on right now at the time that I'm recording this, if you're listening to it fairly live. And that, of course, is the circumstances of the coronavirus. So I've titled this series, A New Abnormal. And I want to see in these next episodes how we can use this experience to anchor in a new normal, which I think is what T.S. Eliot was really saying when he was talking about the language of the past being of the past and of the future needing or expecting a new language. Because although it's been called the new normal in the newspapers, I'm thinking that it may actually be the new abnormal. Because there's actually quite a strong likelihood that without conscious effort, most elements of who we are, how we behave, and how our cultures in our organizations operate may actually revert back to normal, to the old normal. Now, I know for myself, I'll be interested to hear what you're experiencing, but for myself, the organizations and the clients I'm involved in, I know are finding that they don't want this to be the case that they want a future and I want a future that really is permanently abnormal. Now, as I'm recording this, I personally am still in lockdown and my connections all over the world are at different stages. Some are emerging with restrictions being lifted. Others are planning to emerge fairly soon. That is, of course, if we don't get second or third spikes of infection. Up until now, I have not been posting about the immediate impacts of COVID. I'm finding a lot of people are out there doing that. And to be honest, I felt so in the middle of it myself that I didn't really feel qualified or coherent enough to share anything meaningful with you. Not sure I am now, but I'm going to have a go. But what's happening is that my eyes and those of most of my clients are starting to look now to the longer term. And all the organizations I'm speaking with, and admittedly this may not be a complete sample, it's obviously biased perhaps in one direction, but they are noticing and I'm noticing that the crisis has actually brought out some great behaviors in their people. 
several of them have said that they're actually seeing their culture change before their very eyes. And I've been noticing that, and my colleagues have been noticing that, as we watch people behave in a virtual Zoom-type setting. And I have to say that at an individual level, there have been some very happy elements to these circumstances. So the crisis, for me personally, and for many people I've spoken to, has not all been bad. And the question that I want to consider and hopefully answer is, how can we learn from this? How can we lock in some of the changes in ourselves and in our work life and in our cultures to actually create a better world for our teams, for our families and our clients and ourselves and our culture? Because there really are so very few opportunities in our life when things do change so dramatically and so quickly and so that we can actually take a look and take an inventory and look at it and say, what has changed? What, what's going on for me right now? How can I notice what's going on and how I've changed in my response? And I think it's a great opportunity to take an inventory. So this is the one that I started with. It's very simple. So list, what have you missed in the last two months? And what have you not missed? since the world as you knew it was changed and turned upside down some weeks ago. Now, I wrote my list, and I suggest that you do the same as an exercise this week. And here are just a couple of things that came out from me. It was quite enlightening, actually. The first one is that I have really missed facilitating live. A lot of my most favorite work involves being with a group, a team in a large group of maybe 200 people, and actually reading the room, reading the body language, and interacting not only with my voice, but with my whole body, and noticing what's going on in the room, not only with my ears, but also with my eyes and with my body in a kinesthetic way. What I've found is that the meetings I have now, which are all much shorter, as I'm sure yours are, and I've done some facilitation. I've been facilitating with 200 people on Zoom. I've been facilitating teams of 20 on Zoom, doing team building on Zoom, preparing meetings, all the things that many of you have done. But what I've found is it's much more task-orientated. And there are certain elements of a relationship and a team that are much harder to pick up in that environment. So that's one thing that I've missed. One thing that I haven't missed, and this was also quite a surprise to me, I have not missed shopping. I have not missed going out and buying more things. And I've found that while I've been in lockdown, I haven't really been feeling like buying very much at all. And I haven't been buying very much at all. Now, that might not be a great thing for the economy as we come out of this, if everybody else feels like this. And I don't think everybody does. I was speaking to my sister this morning, and she was saying that she can't wait to get back out and go shopping. But for me, I've actually been experiencing that I have enough. I have enough clothes. I have enough food. I can be inventive with what's in the cupboard in terms of what I cook. And I have not missed spending money. Now, what I'm realizing is that everything that is on my list, and there were about 10 items all up, has got implications now for establishing a new future normal for myself, or an abnormal future, actually, 
which firstly contains some new patterns of behaviour that are different from my old normal. And the great thing about the lockdown that I think most of us will have experienced is it's been long enough to actually establish some new habits. I mean, they say that it takes at least a month to establish new habits, and most of us have had more than a month. So there really is a good chance here as we move towards emerging back into the world in some form or other, that we can intentionally take these learnings with us. And I think the key is going to be if we have changed our beliefs about what is important to us and we're really seeing the world through a different lens, perhaps and with some way we've changed our values or the hierarchy of our values. Because if our values and our assumptions, our beliefs have changed, then we know that our behavior can and will change too. Because something has changed permanently, that's what a true transformation is. And I think if this experience is long enough and deep enough for that to happen, especially if we start right now to examine and make conscious what those choices are, while we're still living in these externally altered circumstances, then we've really got a chance of it being permanent. And then secondly, I think there are deeper learnings which we will be able to consider in terms of new business opportunities, you know, new decisions about our career or where we live or our personal life. And to be honest, I'm still processing those, so I'm not going to be talking about those yet. But for example, you know, what I've learned about virtual facilitation and what all my colleagues are learning at the same time, will I know over time be channeled into rethinking what we offer for clients and making distinctions perhaps between face-to-face and virtual and what we recommend in some future where there is a choice. And that in turn will probably change our pricing models and our design, even our thoughts on how you change culture and our understanding of what causes personal growth and transformation. But as I said, I think we're in the early stages of processing that. But if we go back to me and you and our personal dimension and the concept of what are you missing and what are you not missing. As all of you who know my work in these podcasts will know that I will turn these thoughts later into the implications for culture. But always where I like to start is what are the opportunities for our personal transformation? So this week, starting with that, with what you miss and what you don't miss, And because there are so few times in our life where we are deprived against our will of a whole lot of things that we do feel that we're missing, it's such an opportunity that provides us with a test as to what we miss and what we don't. And then to use these insights to design our best future normal. Thank you for joining me today. And let's continue this exploration next week and look at some other elements of learning and opportunity that this extraordinary set of circumstances provides us. And if you want to contact me, please look me up on LinkedIn, send me a message. I'm happy to engage in deeper conversation about this. See you next week.